When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do you know the rules of the game? Yeah. Do you know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I won't talk to you. Hey, I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on do what I want to do. Have kids, go live my chip and joy in the games like out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Everybody, it's your boy Kelly checking in. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Jerry checking in. What's good with y'all? Man, shit, bro. Happy to be back again, man. Back Another again. episode. Ready to drop some more knowledge on them. Let's go, man. We got a great ep- uh, great episode planned. Another very special episode. This one, another one started in the DMs. 
seen him. We came across this guy on Instagram. He was talking about the vending bids and vending machines is something Jalen and I always talking about trying to get into. Mm-hmm. So we reached out while we were in Atlanta and we thought bro was in Atlanta actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got that one. We reached out hoping we could get him on the podcast then, but should we got him now. None other than Mr. Kashif Edwards, aka the vending bids. Kashif, how you feeling, bro? How y'all doing, man? I'm feeling good. Oh, we good, bro. We can't complain, man. Thank you for coming on. No problem. For sure, man. Uh, the way we normally just kick it off, we get you, we get our guests to really just tell our audience who they are and like how'd you get started to where you're at right now. What was that process like finding your niche and being able to be successful in what you're doing? Well, my, you know, like y'all said, my name is Kashif. Um, you know, I, I'm out in Philly, um, and basically. I mean, the way I got started was, uh, you know, I kind of had the idea for the vending machine thing in the back of my head, like for pretty much a long time. Because when I was um, younger, I played basketball, so I played, um, I played ball, you know. And, and in the gym, they always got the vending machines. And then on, it was every like Sunday we had practice, and it was this lady that used to come uh, service the machines on Sundays. So I always used to watch her, and she would always grab like crazy money out of the machine. I was like, damn, I want one of the machines. Like, and, you know, this years down the line, like after I finished, um, so I went to college, I went to uh, Niagara University, then I went to um, Northeastern University and got my master's. And after that, um, you know, I kind of wanted, I started working and I was like, man, I want to start, you know, doing something for myself. And so that's when I, um, I started, you know, kind of get into the vending machine thing. But I actually, um, I tried, I think it was, two times before I actually got it on the third. Um, it took me like two years to start for whatever reason and stuff just kept happening. Either I had the money, then I wouldn't have the money, then I had a machine and I lost the location before I got the, you know, the machine in the location. It was, so by the time I actually started, it was probably like two years after I had already, you know, made up my mind to actually do it. And then, you know, I finally, you know, they finally aligned and I, um, I actually started with uh, gumball machines. So I started with, I think it was four, four uh, U-turn machines. I'm not sure if you guys know what you know, those are, but yeah, the, the machines you put quarters in. Yeah. And, you you know, you turn it and then the candy come out. Yeah. So I have four of those. That was going okay. Like, I like those because you only got to go to them once a month. Like, so it was like, all right, well, you know, it's passive. It ain't going to take none of my time. I just get, a, you know, whatever it was, maybe. I think I was getting like $100, $150 a month. It's extra pocket money. But um, I started growing that. So I had four, and then I brought uh, probably like five more. I placed those, and then I brought a whole route out. So I ended up with like 20-something 20 20-something of those. And at that point, I was making around $1,000 a month off of those. Damn. So, you know, on the average, a good location with that, with those would get you about $50. But I had a couple of like recreation centers that was doing like 200 or, you know, different spots give you more, other spots give you less or whatever. But, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was doing, I was doing pretty good with it, but it was a guy who was um, doing vending machines, but he started out with the gumball machines. So when I was buying the gumball machines, I was always buying them from him. Like when I found the spot, I'd go back to him, like, yo, let me get another machine. He was like, man, why don't you just buy vending machines? And I was thinking like, damn, like I did want to, you know, get the vending machines. But at that point, I was kind of always, I was kind of content with the little candy joints because they ain't wasn't really taking nothing out of me. But I ended up um, listening to him. He had a soda machine he was he was trying to get rid of. I brought the soda machine um, and I put it in a, a hotel. 
Now, mind you, I, I know y'all not really familiar with Philly, but this hotel is like known to be crazy. It was it's a crazy. They always it was always shooting over there. They was fighting. It was just a lot of like nonsense. So I was kind of skeptical whether I wanted to put it in there or not. But um, when I thought about it, it was like, all right, well, where they wanted it at was like in the middle of their lobby. And then I knew it was busy because it was always a lot of people there. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to just do it. So I put it in there. And, you know, and I mean, it was crazy, man, because it really, where I was seeing like $50 off of a candy machine, I was making, you know, I made $50 like quick. And that same week I put the machine in there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, the money is a lot faster. And then it ended up doing probably... Like on my second month having that, I ended up doing around six or seven hundred with that machine. Damn. So then I, I put another machine in there. I put a snack machine in. The snack machine did pretty much the same thing. It was doing like six or seven hundred. And at that time I was working, um, while I was working at without doing any overtime, I was only getting like eight hundred a check. So it was topping what I was getting, like not like overall anyway, that not not like profit, but overall income, it was topping what I was getting from work. So I was like, at that point, I was like, I just started going harder with it. You know what I'm saying? But that's pretty much how I got started. Um, but like, I know we, we was talking a little earlier, too. I was doing real estate at that time, too, a little bit with the uh, wholesaling thing. I was really was focused more on that than I was focused on the machines. When I ran into a couple bad deals with the, uh, you know, with the wholesaling, and I kind of locked, locked in more on the vending machines and started trying to really push that, and I started doing that full time. And pretty much, I just I got to where I'm going to where I'm at now. This everything that I was getting back, I was just reinvesting into the business. So, you know, I never stopped working. I never stopped doing any of that. So all the money I had coming in, I was using it to buy more machines. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing I was doing with the you know with the candy joints. All the money I got, I was just growing and growing and growing. You know, that's pretty much what happened. So, how many locations do you have now? I think I got around. I go buy machines. I got around 20 machines. So, but to be honest, like I've had more. So, but I find though, cause I'm, I'm doing everything by myself. What I like to do is I'll go, whenever I get to a certain point where I feel it's too much, I'll sell off my slower spots mm. so I can keep it like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not, I don't want to get to a point where I have to hire people where that's not really my goal. I just want to keep it passive and I want to keep it like family owned. Like I want my kids and you know, I got a son. My son is uh three. I want, you know, I want him to work with me. I don't want other people coming in and, you know, doing our thing. But once I get to a certain point, I sell off, like, my slower locations. So that's another way you make money, like, in a business is, like, flipping spots. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, so, man. I'm gonna let Jared go. Oh no, I, I had a question because basically, from what you had told us before, kind of picking out a piece of that, you said it took you about two years to get everything rolling. And I know, like, with vending machines, like on the outside looking in, it looked like you know what I'm saying, just buy a machine, you know, find a location, put it in. But like, can you speak to some of those extra obstacles and stuff that people probably not seeing? And you know, what's really crazy when I started that vending machine page. I was like, you know, I was because people kept asking me, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? I was like, man, I should start an Instagram page telling people how to do it. But when I thought about it, I was like, man, all you do is just buy machines and then put them <laughs> in a place. But like, when you really think about it, it's a lot more to it that, you know, that you don't really think of. I kind of, 
And what kind of helped me out was I had my guy move, um, one of my best friends from college. He had saved up a lot of money. And he was like, yo, I want to invest in the machines with you. Because at that time, I was growing so fast. I was looking for somebody to help me, for real, for real. So he moved down here from, uh, he lived in Rochester, New York, which is about like seven hours away. So he moved down here and he started buying machines and we started doing stuff together. But when I was explaining it to him, you know, it kind of gave me the content that I'll be posting on that page because, you know, this from him asking questions. I know those are the same questions that other people got. But, you know, um, I guess the tricky part to it is, I know what took me longer to start is figuring out how to get the locations, right? Figuring out how to meet the people to, you know, the, for me to sit down and talk to them and get the machines in there because it was just hard because I know one spot, my first spot that I was supposed to get was a recreation center. Mm-hmm. So I met with the rec. I, I went and tried to meet with the rec. I talked to the, uh, like the, you know, the head person in there. We were supposed to sit down and have a meeting. I went back probably two weeks later. He was supposed to call me, didn't call me. I went back like two weeks later. They had a vending machine in there. They brought, they brought a vending machine in so, and put one in the building. So they just kind of undercut me. I'm like, all right, man, like, all right. So that's the first thing that stopped me because after that happened, I was like, all right, whatever. And it took me a long time to find another spot to be able to put it in, like, put, you know, where I could put one. And I ended up, um, I got with this company out in Maryland. Um, they found me a hotel downtown over here in Philly. But then when I went to go see the location, it was like, the hotel was small. Like, it was like, it had small hallways. And I, they were sending me a, a combo machine. So I'm like, I called them. I was like, I don't think the machine is going to fit in that hallway. They're like, oh, no, it's going to fit, you know. Uh, you know, it's a standard size machine. It can definitely fit in a hotel. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. They bring the machine all the way down here. Didn't fit. Didn't fit up. They had to, had to try to take it up the steps. It didn't fit up the steps. So I was back to square one again. So pretty much that first two years was just me trying to figure out how to find a, how to find a spot. Mm. And that's when I started doing the candy machine and stuff because it was just easier. So I, she, I did want to ask. Uh, you mentioned that the candy machines, they were paying out like the 150 a month. Versus the vending machines paying out like six hundred a week. What? No, 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 no not six hundred. We like six hundred. The vending machines are doing like six to seven hundred a month. Okay, my bad. A month. Yeah. Either way, so it's doing seven hundred a month. How much did the machine cost you? My first machine cost me nine hundred dollars. Damn. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good flip, bro. That's it's a good that's that's machine. That's that. That don't last it too, man. It lasts it lasts a long time. That's a great flip. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> yeah, oh, it was good. That's why. I, that's why I kept going with it. Yeah, yeah. man. And I want to talk to like how you guys started with like the the gumball machines, man. Because a lot of people there to look there to look past that. Like, man, that's some chump change. I don't want to be getting quarters. I don't want to just go look at quarters every month. But you said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me see what it do. And you said, I'm going to take that slow grind, that slow penny, and I'm going to just flip it. And then you flipped it into 20 machines. Now you're making $1,000 a month off of that slow grind. And you got to do way less work than checking your route every week. You're only checking it once a month. Right. The only tedious thing about the, the candy machines was just driving to them because it was so, it was, you know, it was so many of them. You got to go over there, pick up all the quarters. Like, so going from spot to spot to pick up the quarters. But, you know, compared to what I be doing now, that's... Nothing like so, <laughs> but you know, yeah, man. I definitely, um, I just didn't, I don't like staying stagnant, so I wanted to do something, even though I couldn't figure out how to do the you know, the four machines. But I ain't wanted to sit down and not do nothing, so I just started with that for sure. And then back to like the location part, uh, like 
Now, is there a certain criteria you go after with locations? Like how now do you focus and say, man, this might this spot might be a money maker. I don't know if I want to take a chance on this spot. How do you kind of like factor all of that stuff in? So it's a few things I'm looking at, you know, when I when I'm going for a location. At that time, when I first started, I was just trying to go anywhere and maybe let me put it. You know, I was trying to get my foot. <laughs> right. But now it was like, all right, you got to look at the neighborhood is in. Like, so you got to look at the area. Like, so you look at the surrounding area. Is it stores in that area for them to go to? So if that building is like isolated, that's better. Because now it's like, all right, ain't no stores. They going to have to use a machine. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, the next thing I'm looking for is like visibility. So is my machine somewhere where people can see it, where everybody can access it? Like, cause sometimes I had a hotel before and I ended up not even um, getting it because the guy wanted to put it in the, like the basement, in the back of the basement. I'm like, I'm not putting the machine in the, nobody's going to nobody's going to know it's down there. And then there was a gas station across the street. So I already didn't like the gas station across the street, but I still was going to do it. But then he wanted to put it in the back of the basement. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. Like, I ended up just selling that location off to somebody else. But, yeah, so you wanted to be in a place where they can see it, um, but you know, just make sure that's cool with the actual location because sometimes they don't like it to be seen, or, you know, for whatever reasons. Um, and then you're looking at foot traffic. So I know some people get confused sometimes when I say foot traffic because they think I'm just talking about like the people coming in and out or whatever, but it could just be the employees that's working there on a daily basis, the people, the end of people that's coming in and out, you know, and it's the people in that area in general. So the busier that area is, the more you know, foot traffic is going to be, and the more the more chances you got uh, to actually make sales. And the last thing I would check is um, when people have, if it's somewhere they living, or is it somewhere where it's like a waiting room? So anywhere they got like idle time. So idle time, you know, that helped too because they sitting around, they gonna want a snack if they bored or something like that. Is is just you know more likely to get some sales. Hey, that's some good that's metrics to go off of, though, man. That's really strategic. Yeah. And I, uh, damn, I had a yeah. Question. Another thing too is um, like steps and stuff, because that's something you gotta watch out for too. Because you can't, you know, some places you can't even fit the machine. So that's that's the one thing I always say too. You know, the people who ask me about um getting into the business, they be like, all right, well, where do I get the machines? Before you even think about getting a machine, you kind of gotta figure out where it's going because not every machine could fit in every location. Because depending on the doorways and the, and the hallways and steps and all that type of stuff, you need you might need a small machine, or you might need like a certain type of machine to actually get into where you know you're trying to get into. So, okay, I remember my question. So you you mentioned that you uh you sold off that location. So what does that look like? Like not just the selling off of locations. Like are you getting a contract with these people and just flipping the contract to them, kind of like a wholesale? Yeah. Thing? So you know, like I said I was I was wholesale boy around that time too. So I was already selling contracts. So hmm. yeah. So I had a contract with them, um, and I ended up selling it. I sold the contract to another guy I know what they're vending, and he wanted it. So I sold I sold the place to him. Yeah, that's dope. And then, you know, and then he ended up getting that location. So with the contracts, you're basically on a term saying, I'm going to use your facility for such and such amount of time. Y'all agree to a price and then you're locked in for that period? Yeah. So with the contract, basically, is, is I got my liabilities in there, the, everything I'm covering, everything I'm responsible for, the term, like how long I'm you know, we, we going to be in there, um, what I'm responsible for. And then if I'm paying them any percentage, I got that in there too. For sure. I actually, I want to ask a question kind of piggybacking off that too. 
you had mentioned about uh buying a route earlier in your story um what can you kind of explain that a little bit more for the followers who like don't know anything about like what you even mean by buying a route so if you got uh multiple locations they -hmm. call that a route so if you got like five spots five locations all right that's your route that's what you work you go to each of those locations and you know you work that that's how you make your money but you could instead of you just buying um a vending machine and putting it in a location you could buy out a vending machine already in place and already making money right so that's just that's if you buy a location but if you do that if you if a person sells that multiple spots you're buying that whole like route out a mm. part of that route or whatever you know whatever it may be so is there like listings for these or do you just have to like hit up the vending owner or like they hit up somebody like you and ask yeah, you like you just plugged up? in like yeah <laughs> I mean, for real, for real, they do list them sometimes, like on Craigslist, you'll find it. If you if you put in vending machine route, you know, sometimes you'll find it. Uh, right now, I just, I get them from, um, like, other companies. Like, so, I work with bigger companies, too, like, which is where I learned a lot of my stuff from. So, I think the guy I do business with, he did, like, last year, he did, like, 1.9 million. Like, he do, he got, like, hundreds of locations. Like M's, so, some M's. He get, he, get, he, get, he get M's, like so. He'll be, you know, but he only get like big spots. So he'll get like a hospital and that type of stuff. But along the line, like people will call him and be like, "Hey, we got, we need service here or whatever." And if that's not something that he feel like he want to take on, he'll hit me up or he'll hit you know one of my guys up and be like, "Yo, y'all want this spot." You know what I'm saying so, and then off of that, like we'll buy the locations, or he might sell. Uh, like I said, I sell like when I grow to a certain extent, I sell a small part of my route or whatever. I smell, I, I sell like the slowest part. He do the same, but what's slow to him is not slow to me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's different because mm-hmm. it's like he his joints are so crazy. It's like you know, it's all about the way you at yeah, on your ability though, because like your slow routes might be faster than somebody else who's just getting started. Right, like it's like it's better than you know, better than nothing. But yeah, you're right. Like it depends what level you on. I'm kind of in the middle right now. Like so, hey, but, so I could take his slow joints and it'd still be good for mine. Yeah, but you're grinding and you hungry and like you're looking <laughs> at it, and that's what's right. really cool. And I said what I kind of like took away from your story earlier. You had the foresight and the vision, even as a young, like a young baller. You was like, I'm playing, but I see her getting her money too, because you got a lot of those people. They gonna be bullshitting while they balling. Like young people, we ain't gonna be thinking about what the vending machine lady doing. Yeah, like so you had that foresight to say, you know what? That's some shit that I can probably make pop. Yeah, I think. Well, I think you know me as a person has always kind of been an entrepreneurial individual. Like so, even like you know, I used to sell waters like in the, in the, on the corner. I used to go to pizza stores and fold boxes. Like so, I was kind of already. You know, my my mindset, like it's always been my mindset to figure out ways to make a couple of dollars. So if, I, if I'm a listener out there and I'm trying to think about getting into the vending machine business, what is the startup cost and what are the first steps that I need to take? All right. So the startup cost, well, you got to look at the vending machine. So your vending machine going to run you anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500, depending on what type of machine you get and depending on what you want on it. Now, we live in a more of a technology world now so mm-hmm. i would recommend you having a card reader on the machine mm-hmm. because you'll get more sales like you could get it without it but you get the card reader on it that's definitely going to increase your sales by at least like 20 30 percent so 
looked to spend at least like a thousand to fifteen, uh, you know, just for the vending machine. Um, and then you're gonna have to get your products. Uh, it's probably gonna cost about maybe one fifty to two hundred to fill up, depending on what type of machine. But you gotta also think too, you, one location might need two machines, so you know you gotta keep that in mind. It all depends how they want to, you know, how they want to do it. So you might have to times that by two. <clears throat> and then you got your moving costs. So you're gonna have to either hire movers or you're gonna have to rent a truck. I never use movers. I always like I just get, you know, my guys and we move the stuff around ourselves. But, you know, so that's it's it's probably around a hundred dollars, maybe two hundred dollars for that. You know, the cheapest I would say you could do it is like twelve hundred if you like really, really skimming. But I would say that my safer bet is around like three thousand. If you got like three thousand, I think that's a, a pretty, you know, a solid amount. At least they get one machine in a location you know and get the ball rolling um if you gotta get two you know it probably be a, probably a little more than that but it all depends it's hard to say and if y'all can't afford that startup cost y'all remember go with them little gumball machines man y'all can still get it popping y'all just gotta have determination right right you just gotta start somewhere um but you know the trick part is you know somebody just getting started a lot of people get intimidated when it comes to being able to you know find the location mm-hmm you know, because, you know, finding the machines ain't too hard. Like, once you figure out where to look. But, you know, finding the locations, you got to really put in. You got to put in work. It's at, at least until you get a system in place and you get to know people and people get to know what you do. Like, they, because now, like, they pretty much, they call us when stuff comes up. But before, like, you really had to, you know what I'm saying, get out there. And I know you guys mentioned y'all did um, the wholesale stuff before. It's kind of similar to that. Like I learned from that, now I kind of bring it over to the vending machine stuff. Like so, like you know, if y'all heard, you know, when people say driving for dollars, yeah, yeah. So I drive around looking for locations. Like so, <laughs> I drive and look for different spots. When I was looking for mainly was um, I look for construction sites because you know it's so competitive and mm-hmm. a lot a lot of spots already had machines. Um, even though some of the spots that I got, you know, machines are already in there. You know, they just switched out, but. You know, I look for new locations being built. Like if I see a large map being built or just any like decent sized building, I approach them. Um, once the actual number gets posted and all that type of stuff, I keep an eye on it. Or you could do the cold calling. So, you know, you break down the zip codes. If you want to break it down by zip codes, get a list of the type of businesses you targeting. Cold call, build the list, you know, wait for something to come back off of that. So there's a number of different ways to actually go about getting locations, but I know that's the main thing. It always stops people. Hey, man, my brother out here dropping yeah, the gems. Hey, so man. if I was ever thinking about it, this is definitely the perfect time for y'all to act. I have another question because whenever you say liability, it kind of sparked another question in me. Is there any type of special insurance you can get since you're putting them in these different locations or anything? I know sometimes, you know, people might break in, rob, and kind of vandalize some stuff. So is there special ways you can protect yourself in this game? Yeah, you should definitely have your machines insured. Um, it's just basic insurance, though. It's not n- nothing like, you know, special. They're going to go by the model and make it a machine. So even though I think the, the, that $900 machine I had, it was insured for like 1500 So, you know, if something was to happen to that, I would have got that out of it. But you should definitely have insurance because, you know, you're right. Depending on where you got it, vandalism, vandalism does happen. Um, and, you know, it's all, it's all about what you, you get in a safe place and, you know, you really ain't got to deal with that too much. And would that be like, like just with a regular insurance company or is there a special? Yeah, you could go through like, like State Farm and all those type of guys. They have a business, you know, insurance side too. So you could use them. There's no like, like a vending machine type of specialty insurance 
uh, my company or anything. Maybe that's something somebody can start, though. I, I don't know. It might be a good idea. Hey, if y'all listening, start it. If not, I'm going to do it. <laughs> when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. So, I actually, I had even, I had thought about that though, as far as like starting an ancillary business around it for uh, finding locations. Cause I heard that was a thing like locator finders or something like that. And I tried to Google them and I, I found like two that actually worked and they were expensive. Yeah. The locators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Locators can cost up to a thousand dollars, man. I mean, you could get one from overseas, you know, on uh, like Fiverr or something, like one of those type of deals, and you end up, you know, you probably pay like two, three hundred if you could get them, you know, teach them how to do it. But yeah, locators can be expensive. I don't even like, I don't like using locators because they just find you anything. Right? Mm-hmm. So I had bad experiences with locators. I can imagine. Because it, it looked like a pretty unrefined market. Yeah, they pretty much just call around and then whoever, you know, they, they cold call. Especially if they're not there, that's all they can do is cold call. So they'll call around and um, and this whoever says yes, they're gonna say all right. They're gonna count that as your location. But mm-hmm. they'll try to if you you know, especially if you knew they get over on you. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll try to count that as your location. But it really if you doing that, man, you really should have a, a set term that they they need to go by. Like it has to have a certain amount of foot traffic. It should be like those other things that I said in the beginning. Like it should it should have all that. It shouldn't just be because they want a vending machine. You go put a vending machine in there, and then you pay them money for it. Like, nah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And I got a question. I remember you said, you know, you're building this up for your son and everything. I know he's only three years old, you said, but how are you going to really just set this up to where you can make it, like, for that longevity? Yeah. I guess the way – um. I guess the way I'm trying to do that now is this, you know, just making sure I'm keeping up with the times, like the things as small as like the car readers. And, you know, I'm, I'm hitting it from different avenues. Like, so I got a lot of times, you know, when people got vending services, they, you know, if they, I get some office buildings. So people want coffee. So I get them the coffee too. Like I try to just trying to expand without expanding too much so I can still handle it. Yeah. But I, I add different services as time goes on. The innovation, man. You yeah. gotta, you gotta be innovative to keep up with it, man. Yeah, basically, yeah. Let's try to be as innovative as possible. So, there's a lot of different machines out there, though, man. I know. I, um, I was doing research one time because people, people kept asking me about it. I found some. They had piece of vending machines. It was like wow. hair vending machines. Um, yeah. it, it was a lot. It was a lot of different type of junk. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, if you want to do it in an innovative way and be creative and think of something new. It's just, you know, it's a lot out there you can go with. I'm not I got a great vending machine out there. The extra stuff. Like, all I really know is the snacks and the sodas, but, you know, it's, it's a, definitely a lot. It's a market out there for it. For sure. I, I know I've seen that pizza vending machine. I think it was in Toronto. I think it was actually going to buy in a Chinese uh, story. That's oh, crazy. I think it was in Toronto. I think it was that's in Canada. Crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. I never heard of that. Yeah, like they so, like, they cook it? Yeah, like, so you just go put up your order, like, build your own pizza, and then, boom, like, 10 minutes later, you got the pizza coming. 
Man, I know my idea could get popular. If that's the case, man, <laughs> I can't tell nobody about it, but I promise I'm gonna get it cracked. But man. that would be cool though. Like with that pizza, I could see that working. Like you throw that on a college campus or something, like late at night or something like that. I could see that really working. Yeah. Yo, you know what else I've seen on the college campus? A vending machine was they had a, a Plan B vending machine. <laughs> Hey, effective though. Hey, say, oh, I can't remember. It was HSBC. I can't remember what school it was, but it was a Plan B vending machine, man. I was like, dang. That's hey, crazy. I like it. <laughs> damn. So, question: Do you do anything else over like anything that's kind of like that crossover, similar to vending machines, like ATMs or stuff like that too, or no? I looked into ATMs. I they tried to talk me into doing it. I, Man, I thought about doing it, but I never did it. I never pulled the trigger on it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if the right opportunity presented itself, I might. But right now, I'm pretty much just sticking with the um, with the vending machines. I know the guy, the guy that I told y'all about that make that, you know, the big money. Yeah. He do like air, like you know, you go to the gas station and you get air in your your, your tires, whatever. You put the little coins yeah. in that air pump. Mm -hmm. like, he got those, like so. That's a form of vending. Yeah, no, you. Um, can do that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't know that was a vending. Yeah, like he got them, John. He just put, he come with a big old cinder block. He just drop them in the ground. Like, so. What? Um, it's a couple of different things, man, for real. It's a couple of different other forms of vending that, you know, that's out there. But I, I pretty much been staying in my lane. But that's cool, though. It's just, it's cool that you got all those different options with it, too. So, like, even if, you know, like, especially for any of the followers listening, even if they don't specifically want to do vending machines, they can come to you learn the basics, and then potentially move off to something else, like a different niche that they like, you know? Yeah, right. Cool. I mean, within the business itself, though, it's, it's, a, different, it's a few different ways to make money. You know, like I said, like, if you just wanted to buy and sell routes, mm -hmm. that could be a business within itself if you're actually good at finding routes. Because um, routes, people tend to sell routes for cheap. I think the, the cheapest one I brought was 3500 It came with, it was six machines in three locations. Huh? So it was six machines, three locations, thirty five hundred dollars. Three thousand five hundred. Yeah, three thousand five hundred. Well, I ended crazy. up. Um, I in, I kept one. I had one on a college dorm, which was um, what's that pen? I think it's yeah. Is that pen? Uh, Drexel, Penn or Drexel? They all in the same area, but it was downtown. I kept that one, and I sold off the other two. I had it was a, I, you know his route went out to Delaware. I didn't want to go all the way to Delaware. I sold those two off. They were both good, like spots. I sold it for thirty-five a piece. Ended up making Damn. seven off of those. Damn. So Damn. if you get good at like that type of stuff, and then you also got like what you said, like people do the locations. Once you get get mm -hmm. find a location, you, that could be a service. In yeah. itself. That's what I was definitely thinking. Like, uh, repair vending machine could uh, vending machine repair could be a service within itself. So it's different, like little lanes. You know what I'm saying? Like once you actually learn, you can make extra checks off of. You can just vertically integrate yourself and fix so, your own shit. Yeah. Damn. Then start charging everybody else. Start finding routes, charging. Man. Yeah. It's a whole bag being sleep slept on. Hey, this vending machine <laughs> shit. Hey, man. I'm about to go find me some right now, cuz. But you know, I think people are starting to wake up a little bit more. I saw a thread on Twitter the other day, and somebody was uh, kind of comparing them, and he was saying, you know, I'd rather have some vending machines versus having real estate. He was like, I have to deal with less repairs. He was like, no people involved. I get to make more consistent money. And I was like, I, you know, I can kind of see where you're coming from a little bit. I mean, the only thing with real estate, though, is it appreciates. So mm -hmm. 
I don't true, know. True. I don't true. know. True. I like real estate, man. I, I'm a vending machine guy, but I still, I still, <laughs> my, I still, it's, it's bigger money. Like it's quicker too. Like so, you know. But true. I did have a guy hit me up one time. He, he, see, he was trying, he was trying to tell me I was lying. He was like, man, I don't, he said I only make um, five, he said I only make five thousand a month for my rentals or something. Like you can't make that much off machines. I was like, okay, like what you want me to say? Like you think I'm not gonna be able to convince you that I'm not gonna show you? Like I'm not gonna <laughs> you don't believe me? You just don't believe me? Like <laughs> so, I mean, you know, people do compare them. Uh, uh, I hear that you know sometimes, but they different. I actually um, I like them together because you know when you get into the real estate thing, and sometimes you know with that large sums of money and without whatnot, it like it ties you it tie your money up. Like I know a guy, um, he owned like a whole bunch of properties over near here in Camden, over in Jersey. You know, he had a lot of houses, man. But his, sometimes he would get in situations where his money was just tied up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just having that extra cash flow on the side that you can get to any time, like with the vending machine stuff, I can go to any location. I mean, one time I ran out of gas. I ran out of gas somewhere, just being lazy, not, you know, trying to hurry up and get from spot to spot, ran out of gas. I was like, damn, like what I'm gonna do? And I was like, you know what? I got like three vending machines around here. And I hopped out the car, <laughs> went to the spots, grabbed the money, went uh went to the gas station, got a little, you know, the little handle thing or whatever, the little gas, little gas tank, and got back to the car. Like so, just having the ability to get to the money at any time is probably like one of the biggest advantages of the uh, vending machine thing. Man. That's cool. I ain't yeah. never thought about that's, it like that either. That's, man. that's cool. <laughs> But I would say one of the um like one thing people like always think of is like it's super passive. I, it's not really, it's not really passive. Like once you get past like six machines, it's like the, if you on average anyway. I'm just talking about average. Like of course every spot is different, but on average, like your average type of your location, once you get past like six machines, you it's like kind of like a part time thing. Once you get around like twenty and all that, like it's it's a full time mm-hmm. thing because you gotta keep up with the inventory. You know, you got to uh, keep up with your maintenance when stuff, you know, stuff is happening, customers or whatever. You know, you always got to deal with them. So, you know, there's just the more the more you get it, the more time it takes up. So it's not like super passive like a lot of people, you know, think it is. I got one last because you made me think about something. So, like you said, the maintenance. Whenever people, like, you know, the machine take your money, does that come out of your money or does that come out of the facility cut? So say that again? Like, okay, you ever put money in a vending machine and, like, it never, you never got your item out. Uh-huh. Does that come out of your cut or does that come out of the facilities cut? I take care of that. So usually I, I, leave, I have a phone number on all, on all the machines like most people do. Like you'll see a service number. They can call the service number and tell me or they'll leave a note with whoever like um, like security guard or something like that, you know, and, I, and I'll cover if they lost something. And sometimes I can't tell really. I just, but you know, I just, I just like keeping a good rapport with the spot. So, they say they lost something, I just give it back to them. Um, if they want the product, I give them the product. If they want the dollar back or whatever it was they lost, I give them that. But it, I, I take care of it. I, I don't put it on a uh, location. That's cool. So I think now we're going to pivot to the last segment For sure. of the podcast. Uh, we do a segment called What's On Your Timeline? Because we just wanted to ask you what's something that you've seen on social media, either that you posted or somebody else posted that you thought was important or impactful and that you want to speak on. Oh, let me think. All right. So I know one, it's one post. I think it was on mine that I got from somebody else's trying to remember exactly how it goes. But I think it said, if you lost your, if you died today, your job will be posted tomorrow. 
mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just think that was, you know, when I first read that, like, it was impactful to, you know, to me because, you know, I watch, you know, my family and I watch so many people. Ain't nothing wrong with work. Like, ain't nothing wrong with a job. Like, but I think it should be used more as, like, a tool. It shouldn't be, like, get in all, be all. And I see so many people putting so much time, like, 40, 30 years into these places that once you go on, like, they not going – they not going to think twice. They not going to look out for you. Like, so, you know, that that's something that I've seen that really, you know, stood out as of late anyway. Sure. That's major, man. That's, that's, I think that's one of the biggest reasons, like, I, I want to do the entrepreneurship thing so bad. It's because even, like, my dad is somebody that worked, he worked at the same place the whole time while I'm living. Like, he told me that, like, when I was getting into this, he was like, man, if you don't want to work for people, eventually you're going to say fuck them people because them people will say fuck you. Real life, like it's just what it is, for real. I think when I used to wear out, I, I think I was working in a residential place, like it was like it was high turnover. And I used to watch them fire so many people, like it was just crazy. They just come to work, walk in the door, they call them in the office, they walk right back out the door. I'm like, damn, like, but mm-hmm. I, I, even at that time, I still had my machines. It was just like, like if I ever was in that position, it's like, all right, so if they fire me, like how I still got bills, I still got kids, I still got. You know what I'm saying? I still got stuff I need to take care of financially. So if all my marbles is in that one, you know what I'm saying, in that one thing, like what would I ever do if, you know, somebody just said, no, you you done. All right. So I just never wanted to be in that position. Like once I thought about it. So that's when I kind of got more aggressive with everything else. Hey, that's, that's for real though. Like that's some real life situations you got to think about, man. For real. For real. Man, uh, what also, what else do you offer do you offer any type of like classes where you can help people get started? Uh, where can the people find you at, my brother? Just anything, plug yourself in. Uh, right now, I got an ebook, you know, for people that's looking to learn the business on like a, a simple format. It's, you know, just telling them how to find locations, telling them how to find machines, um, the best way to set things up for people to find them. That's the real like key to the location thing. Mm-hmm. It's for them to find you. Like, once you get to the point where they finding you, like, they calling you, people calling you, that's when it becomes easier. Like, if you always on the hunt for locations, it'd be stressful. Like, so you want to get to the point where the locations is calling you. So it pretty much talks about that. And that can be found on the website, uh, thevendingbiz.com or, um, you know, our Instagram channel, which is The Vending Biz. But I also got a course, man. I got a course coming out. So I know with the book. The difference between a course and a book is the book pretty much just tells people, um, you know, wh- how to do things. I didn't really go into too much depth. I know, but with the course, I kind of show people. Like, so, you know, one of the things I talked about was, like, websites help the people find you. Because, you know, what the first thing they, the companies do when they are uh, actually searching for vending machine, you know, for vending services, they you just use Google. Like, everybody else, like, you type in vending machine service in whatever area they at. You know, when whatever companies pop up, that's the ones they choose and they call them. Like, so it teaches you how to, you know, set yourself up to people to find you and just everything else. It actually showed you it's like a walkthrough thing. So that should be out by like Wednesday. I'm still kind of working on that, but it's almost done. For sure. Hey, y'all definitely, y'all go follow them. Uh, y'all check out that ebook. Y'all be on the lookout for that course. Yeah, sure. My brother, y'all y'all can tell he got a lot of knowledge, man. He just dropped a lot of games. Yeah. So y'all definitely, y'all definitely go support him. And I'm pretty sure he'll be able to help you out on your way. All right, man. Thank y'all for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. 
Oh, no problem, my brother. Yeah, bro, we appreciate you coming on. Coming okay, yeah, man, we, we appreciate that, bro. You definitely gave us a lot of insight on this business, man. Even just like all the ancillary services that can go on within it, man. All I gotta say is VWR in the machine coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So we're gonna get into some housekeeping before we actually fully wrap up this uh, episode. Once again, we just want to say thank you to all our listeners for coming in and coming out every week with us, uh, constantly just helping us grow. Um, y'all go to the website. Y'all go check out what we got to offer, uh, blackwealthrenaissance.com. Y'all go check out our Instagram page. Our Instagram page, we got a lot of uh, things going on. We're just dropping a lot of helpful resources, a lot of dope pages like our brother Vending Biz. Um, y'all also follow us on Twitter. We got our Twitter popping, uh, BWR underscore movement. Y'all can follow us on LinkedIn. Yeah, we Black Wolf Renaissance on LinkedIn. And also, guys, make sure you tune into our YouTube. We're starting to post more content on YouTube. Our YouTube, just search Black Wolf Renaissance. A lot more original content, helpful things for you to help grow your brand and just in the personal finance realm. So. Also, y'all be on the lookout. Our ebook is dropping soon. We have our ebook dropping soon. We have our uh, social media webinar dropping. We have our social media course dropping. Uh, so definitely, if y'all need any help with social media uh, consultations, consultations y'all just give us a call, give us a DM, and uh, we'll be happy to help you guys out. Um, last thing, Patreon. We got a new Patreon. Go sign up. We just dropped a whole bunch of unreleased content. Y'all got it out for free. Uh, Patreon, uh, Kelly, what's our Patreon link? It's patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. That's patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. Sorry, y'all. It's not free. It started at a dollar. Yeah, it's, a, it's only a dollar. But <laughs> that's just helping us uh, get out and actually go do some things in the uh, community like what we had with Atlanta like uh, two weeks ago. So, hey, we appreciate y'all. And until next time, this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathons. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. 
I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.